Hi, everyone. Welcome to the second day of Art and Market Conference, Pivot, the Southeast Asian art world beyond COVID-19. Thank you for joining us. My name is Jefferson Jong, and I'm the director of Art Agenda SEA. The question for today is, how will galleries market and sell artworks? As we know, businesses across the world have had to deal with significant decline since the widespread of COVID-19. In the art market, the dominant response has been to migrate to the digital realm. Our panel of gallerists will offer their views on soldiering through these trying times, how the push online may transform the business in the long haul, and what else they are doing to future-proof their galleries. Before we begin, I would like to thank everyone for spending the next hour with us. If you have a question to ask a panelist, you can type it out anytime in the Q&A box at the bottom of your screen, and we will get to them at the end during the question and answer segment. Today's panelists are no stranger to the art world, and I am now pleased to introduce to the panel, um, we have uh, Richard Koh. Uh, Richard Koh, hi Richard Koh. Hi Richard. Let me know. Hi. Yes, I can hear you. Hi, Richard. Richard Coe is the founder and director of Richard Coe Fine Art. And we have also Isa Lorenzo, founder and director of Silverlands. Hi, Isa. And Hi. we also have Ursula Sullivan, co-director of Sullivan Strum. Um, hi. hi. All right. So without further ado, I will just start with... Um, um, the first question, but before that, um, I've also asked everyone to bring a beverage to the panel discussion. And to start, I'd like to propose a toast for the afternoon. And here's to a great panel discussion. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs> wow. I love the beer. So I will start with the first question. Um, with the lockdown in many cities, Many businesses are forced to close, including us, the galleries. What is the main challenge you have faced so far and what have you done to pivot around this situation? Perhaps uh, we can start with Richard first and you can also share with us where you are right now and how you are. <laughs> Hi, I am uh, in Kuala Lumpur. Uh, I've been here since early March. Um, now, what have we been doing? Um, well, we, we shut the galleries down, uh, one, one after another, uh, KL, then uh, Singapore, then Bangkok. Um, uh, no, uh, we, we haven't really, it didn't even, didn't actually sink in, uh, in that sense that uh, we didn't, I didn't think of, I mean, we didn't think of how long this is going to be, but it was just a shutdown. So initially it was like uh, the most important thing that uh, I, I was, you know, um, trying to do was to make sure all the artists were okay, uh, you know, uh, they had masks and disinfectant and gloves and everything, you know, uh, because uh, with the lockdown, you know, you just can't go anywhere and you couldn't access things. So, yeah, so luckily for, for, for us in that sense, um, uh, we managed to sort all those things out in the first two, two three weeks, you know, so uh, we managed to make sure that the artists had enough uh, to go on for the next three, four months, you know, and at least we got a uh, mask and, and uh, gloves to them uh, mm -hmm. because they were all over the place, right? Uh, yes. And, uh, yeah, and then um, we, 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 had a, we had some things going on which we had to cancel, uh, but um, other than that, it was really just uh, trying to reassess how to, um, how to look after everyone. In, in more, more the staff, you know, that they are taken care of, the artists. Um, not so much about whether I was going to get a sale or not for that month. Uh, so that, that, that was what we did uh, uh, at the beginning of it, you know. And uh, of course, now going into June, um, we are looking at uh, how to uh, restart, mm -hmm. you know. Having sat around for three months, you know, uh, is... is Kind of hard for everyone to get back into the swing of it and to to actually have even some form of confidence uh, to 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 continue uh, the way they they continued the last time so i think that's uh, that's the thing uh, we are looking at how to uh, how, how do you say it uh, 
to restart and, and, and get it going, maybe f with a different perspective. I see, I see. And uh, Isa, um, Philippines has one of the longest and strictest lockdown regulation in, I could say, in, in the world. Um, how has it been for your gallery so far? I know uh, the GCQ or General Community Quarantine uh, started in the 16th of March and uh, it has started to ease out uh, uh, in early June. Still going on, yeah. Still going on, yes. Yeah, um, good afternoon, good evening, good morning, wherever everyone is. Uh, thank you for having me. Um, I'm in Manila. I've been here since since uh, January. Um, I came home from Singapore, from Sea Focus, and yeah. then I was here. So this is the longest stretch of time I've been in. I've been in one place since I was. I mean, since 30 years ago. I see. So, and I'm sure it's the same for everyone. I mean, just being where we are for longer than you know two weeks is a long time so now this has really been a quiet time for 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 us okay. um our main challenge when we when covid closed us down um was really we had to stop everything in mid-stride all the shows that were being prepared for we were preparing for two art fairs yeah. we were shipping out pieces um to different countries so all of that had to stop uh, we were shipping in pieces um, and we just had to make sure that all of our partners, our, um, you know, our suppliers, our contractors, that everyone was okay. Um, and of course, as Richard said, um, I, we set up uh, communication systems with all our artists, uh, made sure everyone was okay. Um, the plan early on was just to keep everybody connected. So the idea was for Rachel, who's my partner, um, to keep everyone connected via our social media and our social media team. So we did several um, uh, efforts. So we had our hashtag revisit, hashtag at home with, and other efforts. And our at home with series morphed into our first online only show, which is anticipating the day. Yes. And uh, Ursula, the Australian government, on the other end, has eased out the lockdown in early June, and the mm. events have started to resume, uh, beginning with the Sydney Biennale reopening. And yeah. Singapore also last night just announced the beginning of phase two to begin on yeah. the 19th of June. How, how has it been for your gallery? Um, we've had a bit of a... I think Australia, I don't know why, but all of the Australian galleries, ourselves included, they have not really suffered a great deal, which is um, which, which was a great relief. You know, a lot of people, I think they must have been at home for the first time and realized, oh my God, there's nothing decent on the wall or in the corner or wherever. And so uh, a lot of, we, we did some really good things uh, with, the, with our artists and our collectors and things like that. But in contrast to what happened in Singapore, which was just a complete gone. Yeah, the, so completely two different experiences. I see. And, and I know you guys have touched this uh, subject earlier, uh, but uh, you know, every, every, behind every gallery, there's always a great team supporting the operations and programs. How has it been yeah. working remotely with your team? Oh, um, we have a pretty small team in Singapore, only two people, but they have both been absolutely working harder than ever. In fact, every, all of our team everywhere has been working more like six days a week, mm. um, which, which has been a big ask of them for sure. But it's just kind of what we've had to do to, to shift into that digital realm, which has been vital because otherwise people don't know how to get in contact with you or they don't know how to engage with you if you're not putting anything up in that digital presence, in that digital world or realm. I yeah, see. that's been extremely important and everyone's had to, you know, all of a sudden I have to be this digital guru, which I'm not, um, but you just start thinking about, you know, all the stats and all that sort of stuff. And now that we're back in Sydney and you can finally talk to people about art again, you're like, oh, I love my job. I you see. know, are we lucky to talk about art? Yeah. You know, as opposed to all these, you know, digital things, which is really not as interesting as art. I see. And um, uh, talking about uh, digital initiatives, I know in the past two months under global lockdown, we have seen 
a proliferation of online initiatives. In early mm -hmm. April, Sullivan, Trump launched Sullivan and Trump Digital Strategy, which includes viewing rooms of, of available works, short films, Spotify playlists, podcasts, and interviews. How effective have these uh, online initiatives been in marketing and selling the art for you? They've been really um, positive, and um, people have um, rung us or come into the gallery since we've been opened and said that they really enjoyed it. They said, in some cases, it's better than coming to the gallery because you get this, you know, playlist of an artist's music, and they, that sort of opens up another headspace for them, or they get a video to the studio, or they get an interview, which is a podcast, and it just creates the multi-level effect. I mean, one of the problems, it's not really a problem, but people are now overloaded with digital content. And there's, you know, all the galleries are hammering out all this content. So it'll be interesting to see how the, the dust settles there. I understand. And uh, Richard, what do you think about all this proliferation of online initiatives? Um, I know that you, will continue, you continue to with uh, physical exhibitions, which can be visited by appointment. And the latest gallery program that you opened was in Singapore on 3rd of April, just before the CB started. And on the 29th of May, you opened Atasit Aniwachan exhibition in Bangkok. How has the reception been like? Well, the, the, the Bangkok reception was good, you know. Uh, of course, we had the social distancing, you know, uh, not more than, I think, five people in the gallery at one time. Uh, it was a, it was a, a small, uh, we didn't, didn't exactly have an opening, but we opened the show, and we had a steady flow of a, of a couple of people coming in and out uh, yes. every day. Um, and um, maybe it's the pent-up uh, thing, you know, but we, we, we managed to sell quite well. Um, I, I'm not so sure about this online thing, you know, we, 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 we were looking at it, we had something done, but we didn't release it in the end. Uh, so, you know, because as a, as, as a collector myself, you know, I get so many, you know, online stuff and, and, and you know, and, and you just, you're just not in the mood, you know, to, to even look at it. Uh, mm. what, what we did for our, our artists was more of a visibility thing. So we had uh, MCO videos for the Malaysian artists. We had circuit breaker videos for the Singapore artists. They basically shot a, a, a one minute thing of what they are doing, you know, where they are. And, and we just posted it on social media. It's, it's more of an awareness uh, that the artists are still doing something. But uh, yeah, nothing about selling anything, you know. Uh, we didn't send a single client uh, a PDF or a video or an e-catalog. I see, I see. Yeah. Yeah. You see, I don't think, uh, we weren't really directly sending either, but we were engaging and then people would respond back and then that would yeah. be the, the flag that they were open yes. to communication. I, I think, I think with the, you know, the engagement uh, that you are still there and uh, your artists are still around and doing something. Yes. You know? And uh, Isa, in early June, Silverlands launched an online-only show, anticipating the day which you mentioned earlier. And yeah. on top of that, you have 12 upcoming exhibitions planned this year in your gallery. Um, how um, is this? Yeah, I just wanted to um, cycle back to the, the digital, the digital um, migration, so to speak. So uh, we've had a media team doing social media since 2013. Um, and we've really been trying to migrate digitally over the last five, three to five years. And we never did it because there was not, no, no, no need, you know, because everyone still came to the gallery or called us or, you know, it's still very much a face-to-face -face, um, relationship. But when we, when we, when COVID happened, we were forced to turn it on and um, we were, well, I was really surprised. Uh, the first surprise, well, not, not so much a surprise, but lots of people, we are, our viewership has grown quite considerably um, online. So this is through all our social media platforms. Um, and what did surprise me was um, we were still selling without doing anything. I see. I mean, just they will see an artist that they were interested in and then they'll get in touch with us. Or, I, and, and similar to what Ursula said, people are bored, you know? They, they wanted something to do. They wanted something to look at. They were tired of the news, tired yeah. of anything. 
So, so what do you do? You remember all the stuff you needed to do. So that's what we did. And um, it sort of extended, spilled over onto our online show because we were really grappling with how are we going to release this? You know, how are we going to make this special? Or how will we make it meaningful? We, we decided to really take it from the point of view of the artist. Um, so the artists uh, did their own copy art, they photographed their studios, they photographed themselves, they wrote their own texts, and they told their stories of what it is to be like in lockdown. And in terms of feedback, it's been, you know, it's, it's our highest, um, it has our highest click rate in the history of all our social media. Oh. And we're, this is the most inquiries we've ever received for a show. Wow, wow. So it worked. I, I mean, the, 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 the idea that we can all move, move into a digital space because it's needed. I see. You know, so um, today, actually, we started, we, we started up our operations again in the gallery, but we don't have any shows. I see. And, um, you know, we, but through, throughout May, middle of May to now, we were doing accounting because taxes did not stop. Yes. <laughs> they did not postpone um, tax deadlines. So our, our staff is coming in for logistics and, and taxes. Um, but yes, I mean, I think it, it opens up a whole new world because you can do all sorts of things now online. I see. So I guess it is both uh, for, for all of you, it's both a combination of the cabin fever as well. And also the fact that the strategy right now online is more of um, showing what you didn't see before, the life of the artist, their studio, their home, how they're doing today. Um, whereas uh, previously on, on in, in any art fairs, you see the, the final products and probably you see the PDF, but um, there is a shift now that you focus on the life of the, of the artist itself. Yeah. And speaking of um, the art fairs as well, last year, um, RKFA and Sullivan and Strumpf participated in six art fairs and Silverlands also participated in four art fairs. It is uh, now a common practice for a gallery to participate in an art fair to meet new clients and for increased visibility in general. What do you think um, the art fair landscape will be like in the next years and how do you intend to reach out to the new clients with continued travel restrictions? Are you planning to take part in more domestic fairs, for example? Uh, we have had the fairs in Australia and just all the fairs everywhere are cancelled. They cancelled 2020, basically. So, but I, I think I, I'm up for an art fair when, when it's back. I mean, they're great. And I mean, it's up to the art fairs, I suppose, to figure out their management strategy of how to deal with the people and the health risks and all of that. Mm -hmm. And we trust in that. So if we're doing a fair, it's because we trust the fair yeah. to have gone and done the right things for all their checking and testing and to make sure it's socially okay. Yeah. And I mean, I don't know how they're going to do it, but... I there'll be some very big businesses closed down if they don't figure out how to do it. Because yeah. I don't think we need the art, online art fairs. I mean, I, they haven't really been amazing for us. I see. And uh, I think the last time I was in Silverlands Gallery, it was last February. It was during AFP. Um, yes. I think I was talking to Rachel about this and she was telling me that uh, you, are, you are actually preparing for Art Dubai. Uh, yes. Preparing to Art Dubai and it was cancelled in the end. Uh, what do you think of, of, of the landscape of the art fair in the future and how is your strategy with the art fairs? Well, I mean, to be honest, I think, well, I know I was very tired of traveling. Mm. Um, and um, to actually not have to go to an art fair is a big relief this year. Um, it's gotten us back on our feet here. Yeah connecting with our friends and clients here. Um, and it also looks like all the art fairs are migrating to a digital platform. I mean, Art Basel is opening tomorrow with a, with a, six, a 12.30 noon a VIP opening that you can attend via Zoom. Yes. I mean, um, you know, Rachel and I, we were traveling nonstop for 13 years. Uh, ever since we joined our first fair, um, 
We had Silverlands in Gilman Barracks doing collaborations and shows um, all over the place. It's actually, it's a happy thing for us to be on an extended period of rest. Um, with Zoom, WhatsApp, Instagram, we continue to speak to our clients and our friends from all over. And if, it, if now is actually the time to connect with these people. So I think that all the traveling that the three of us did, this right. is the <laughs> this is the time wherein you know people will will respond if you reach out. I see, I see. And and what do you think of of, of this uh, of uh, cancellation and and moving forward, uh, Richard? Well, well, we've been uh, we've been uh, doing fewer and fewer fairs, and uh, we've been focusing since last year more on the regional smaller fairs. Um, and in fact, actually, uh, this year we were only slotted for three three fairs, and two got cancelled. So we only did C focus. Uh, and like uh, what Isa said, you know, uh, the three months in lockdown is in a strange way a blessing in disguise. It's like a holiday in my own house, which I haven't, <laughs> I don't spend more than two days in. <laughs> you know, and you you spend it, you know, engaging with your clients or your friends and uh, moving the furniture around and you know moving the pictures around <laughs> so yeah it's an extended holiday and uh, and um, I think the most important is uh, for me anyway is like you know when you have all this time and then and I've always been a whatsapp person you know I deal with all my staff and all my clients on whatsapp and yes. and yeah so the whatsapp is constantly on and you know uh, in fact it, it was busier than when I'm traveling because right. you know, everyone and, and talking and, and you know so yeah it's like an extended holiday and a good rest in a strange way I see and and would you uh, well would you still want to participate in, in affairs after this for example you know fairs are fun you know fairs are where you you know interact and you meet your fellow colleagues and 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 uh, you know you have a laugh you know uh, I think they are part and parcel of the whole thing uh, I, but, f you know, moving forward for us, uh, you know, the focus is still more Asian in that sense, which it has always been. Uh, so, yeah, we, are, we, we will still be supporting and joining uh, the local regional fairs if, if they, they can get like what uh, Ursula said, you know, the, the, that, that social distancing part uh, of the business or whatever. Yeah, because it's, it's fun, you know, fans are fun at the end of the day. I so, so I guess the three, um, three of you are, uh, concur that um, uh, there is, uh, before this, there is uh, this thing called fair fatigue as well. And mm -hmm. uh, you don't mind actually taking a break right now, uh, but um, uh, you are still um, uh, optimistic and, 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 and also open to, to participate in the next uh, outfits in the future. Yeah, yeah. for sure. The, the, the key there is, as Richard said, is to be strategic. Yeah, I see. You know, because um, you really, there's only so much time and energy. Um, Amen. You want to make sure that it counts. I see, I see. And there's only so many places you can be in, you know? Yeah, yeah. And uh, with all this cancellation of um, Artfest, um, online viewing rooms are mushrooming everywhere. And, and uh, we mentioned about the Art Basel viewing room opening tomorrow. And uh, we also talk about strategies. And just like in physical exhibition, each gallery can choose to provide the prices upfront or to keep it, to keep it priced upon request as, as the pricing strategy. Do you adopt the same strategy as for this online as you do it in physical space? Yeah, I think so. I mean, we would never have put prices up in a pink fit. It just would never have happened until COVID. Um, and I think also the, the really the mega galleries like Agosian and Zwerner, I think they, because they were doing it, they made it okay. Yeah. And so as soon as the COVID thing hit and we were um, working on the digital strategy, we just went and just like changed literally overnight to yeah a gallery that publishes their prices. And I think it's actually been really successful, particularly with those new people. You know, that as you do more things on Instagram, et cetera, yeah. you, people that don't know you personally and maybe don't feel com comfortable calling you, but if they can go onto your website and see how much something is, they can develop the confidence I or see. not. 
in, in the other way. So I, I think um, it, it's a tricky thing, but it's worked for us, I think. I see. And, and what do you think of this, Isa? Because I, I know uh, when I was uh, in your gallery, I think you were very open uh, about yeah. pricing. And um, when I see um, the online exhibition, for example, it is much more focused uh, on the art itself, on the story itself, rather than the pricing. Um, what do you think about this? Um, well, the, we're always, we've always been very transparent with our prices. Um, we, you know, it's anyone can look at the price if they come to the gallery or if they come to our booth. Um, we have not put the prices out online. Um, it's a tax thing. So, <laughs> so it just, it just, uh, and, and you know, it's, it's, and when usually I say it's a tax thing, people understand. Okay. I, I understand. Yeah. <laughs> and, and what do you think of, of this, uh, Richard? Well, we've, we've always had a price list, you know, and anyone can see. But again, we actually put it up online. Um, uh, well, in our case, it's not really a, uh, it's not the text thing. But, but we, we, I've always had this thing that uh, when people view the art, they, they should look at the art first and not the price or the name. So it's a habit. Um, it might not be a good habit. Uh, because even in the fairs, we yeah. never put the country of, of the artists, where they are from. It's just the name, you know. Yeah. And so, yeah, we've adopted a similar practice with the online pricing where we actually don't have it uh, and uh, we, we don't list. Uh, so, you know, you look at the art first. If you're really interested and if you, you know, uh, are really serious, you, you can always drop us a line, you know. Um, uh, it, it, it makes... Uh, Maybe, I think in a way we, we do lose out on a lot of the new on the new collectors and the, the first time uh, buyers or yeah. people who are browsing but um, I think at the end of the day uh, for us we, we really want them to look at the work first yes. and it, you know instead of looking at the price and then okay I can afford this you know I'll buy it because maybe it's within my price point but is it something that you truly like you know, so we have this pull and tuck that is a, a little bit sometimes uh, it doesn't work in our favor in that sense. And and how do you think uh, is the way forward, um, both online and uh, physical as well? Uh, when you know when when we can start everything again, do, do you think this will change the phenomenon of the price transparency? I think as it goes on, I think uh, people will get used to it and then, you know, the, the, the price, maybe they might put a price range and, but I think the online presence is uh, kind of uh, important moving forward. You need to have that. But buying, you know, as, as a person who, who buys myself, you know, and buy, I buy for other people, collect for other people, you know, it is, um, buying art is not just, it's, it's not going to eBay or Amazon, you know, it's, it's not a product. You, you still need to experience it in one way or another, in one form or another, you know. Um, you know, for me, if you're buying art online just by clicking and looking at what you like, it, it's, well, maybe, maybe if you're buying to decorate a house or put on a wall, that's fine, right? But when it comes to the, the bigger numbers, the more serious work, uh, you, you do need to experience it. Uh, one way or another, unless you really, really are very familiar with the, the artist's uh, practice, you know. Um, otherwise, it's, I mean, it's... I don't, I don't think we're at sort of like a click to and add to cart kind of phase. Not yet, not yet. But, but no, and I don't really want to go there for exactly the same. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's not a product, you know. At the end of the day, it's not a product. Yeah, no, we don't want that. Yeah. I see. Well, in our case, the people who've been buying, um, it's more of they've they've followed us for a while, but they just they just are intimidated by the white box. Yeah. So the the online space is just much more friendly and accessible, and they know that they have a chance, you know, to get stuff. So it's it's more it's and I and um, the people who are inquiring or who are buying. They're not, um, you know, the age range is 30 to 50 years old. I see. We're talking about... Um, That's a good age group, though. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good age group. And, um, yeah, um, 
because we are talking, uh, all, all of you are, are galleries here. And I think we all know that um, a lot of the galleries today, these days are starting to band together to support each other's activities. Um, Sotheby's, uh, although it is an auction house, uh, they recently launched Sotheby's Gallery Network. And I'm so thinking about uh, This Is Fair, uh, which is an online art fair organized by New Art Dealers Alliance in the US. And also um, Unscheduled, Unscheduled uh, which is uh, happening in Hong Kong, uh, opening tomorrow actually, organized by Hong Kong Art Galleries Association. Um, and all this uh, proliferation happened because a lot of cancellation of the current uh, of the art fairs this year. Um, what do you think of, of this uh, gallery with gallery initiatives? Are they replicable in Southeast Asia, for example? Uh, I know Silverlands has numerous collaborative projects with galleries in the Philippines and overseas before COVID-19. Perhaps uh, Isai can respond to this first. Uh, yes, um, I'm so glad you asked this question because it's super relevant. Now is the time more than ever to collaborate. Um, if you think about it, right now many galleries are operating without a physical space. And it's, it's really exciting. Uh, like just today, I was on the phone with a, with a Jessica Silverman Gallery in San Francisco and we're doing a joint show in August. I see. So parts of it will be in Manila and parts of it will be um, in the US. I but, be, but I will host it. Um, I mean, Silverlands will host it. So, so uh, meaning, um, the artists, uh, meaning the artists will, um, the artists from the U.S. will exhibit in your space and vice versa, or, or how are you going? The to artists in the U.S. So I'm, I'm only exhibiting artists from the U.S. and they will be exhibiting in my space I and see. in in the U.S. Uh, but it's my show. It's a Silverlands show. I see. I see. So I mean, uh, there's an art fair up in Copenhagen called Chart which is so it's interesting because they're pushing through with their with their show however what they're doing is um all the galleries will be installing their booths in their galleries uh so now i mean i think that's really interesting to see i would like to go see that to see the different galleries and how they set up um it's if if anything art fairs should be able to do is gather these uh well gather the galleries so yeah. that they become they can become more of themselves i see and I see. not have to become you know you know 150 square meter white cube you know or a 20 square meter uh discovery space I so i think that the online space for fairs has really that's what it's done it's democratized um, you know, it doesn't matter if you're a big gallery, you're a small gallery. I see, I see. And, and what do you think about this, uh, Ursula, about the collaboration uh, that, that is taking place right now? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, we've never really found a way to collaborate really well. I th a part of it is because of Australia and its location and um, it's a long way. You know, it's much more appealing, for example, for a gallery to collaborate with the LA gallery or the New York gallery, et cetera, than it is to collaborate with a Sydney gallery. Um, and we've tried a couple of times, but we've never actually quite aced it. And it's got to feel really comfortable. Um, sometimes we have, but but not in an ongoing sense. So I would love to, to, to do that. But part of the issue then as well as freight as well. You know, all the freight costs have gone through the roof in this current environment, you know, like literally, you know, double or triple in some instances. Yes. And, um, and so there's just a few little things like that, that we'd need to look at. But yeah, I mean, collaboration, it's got to be, as people want to stay, we don't want to travel as much, or if we, if we make that decision to not travel as much, but we still want to have those um, outward looking perspectives that I know that us three panelists have, then we need to look at collaboration in a much more serious way. I see. And uh, for ourselves more than anything, yeah. I see. And uh, Richard, uh, you know, we, we collaborated with you actually in Upstage uh, 2018, I believe, or 2017. Uh, uh, it was uh, uh, 
300 it was a really good one yeah but yes. you know when we started 15 years ago uh we collaborated with everyone in fact we have also collaborated with silverlands in singapore you know that was 10 years ago yeah. uh, we, we've, we've worked with everyone in southeast asia you know collaborating you know up to 15 years ago and we are still doing it uh, i think it's very crucial to be collaborating, especially uh, for galleries uh, within the Southeast Asian region, because we are so small and we are so like, you know, we are like the second class Asians, you know, <laughs> in that sense. Eh? Um, so I think it is important that we, we, we could, because look, we can't be everywhere and we cannot be placing works to everyone who's anyone, you know, and we all have our own strength. Uh, so the collaboration is important because uh, yeah, it, 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 it places the artists everywhere. But of course, there are pro and cons, you know, sometimes you, 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 you work really well with the, the other party and it's wonderful. And sometimes, you know, uh, it just doesn't work. Uh, maybe the wavelength is not the same, you know, uh, or the mindset, or, you know, uh, it's not the same. So, but I think at this point in time, moving forward, especially for Southeast Asian, I think, I think collaboration is very important. It's, it's key, I think. Uh, I see. Yeah. And, and uh, unfortunately, we haven't really seen um, any um, concrete initiative, I, I think, in Southeast Asia for this collaboration yet of that scale in, in, as we see in, in, in the US or in Europe. Well, uh, yeah. I, I want to cut you in in that, that part because, um, you know, uh, it, in, in the West, it's a, it's a more matured kind of understanding way of working you know we are still very young uh, in this region you know so there is in a very strange way a lot of distrust amongst galleries and and and, and artists and, and collectors and whatever you know so i think this is the time to break those barriers and say you know let's let's uh, you know get together and do something about it you know i see mm. this is the best time really yeah well, I, we've been, Silverlands has been collaborating with galleries since the beginning. Yes. So I would say in any given calendar year, at least four or five of our shows are collaboration shows. I see, I see. And um, of course, moving forward, are you planning uh, perhaps to expand the kind of um, uh, scale of, of the collaboration or are you actually comfortable with a gallery, uh, one gallery to another gallery kind of collaboration? What do you mean? I think, uh, well, we, we collaborate with several galleries. Um, it's not, uh, you know, I think that the whole idea is we will never be a mega gallery. And as Richard said, we have to hold hands and make it happen for ourselves. I see. How do you do this? I mean, people seem to think that Southeast Asia is, um, you know, it, it's, a, it's such a vague idea, yeah. you know? Uh, you know, there are like 30,000 islands. Yes. Every, every island has a different language, you know? Uh, I, we don't, we never knew much about the Indonesians until, well, personally, I, I, yeah, the, the first time I went to Indonesia was like eight years ago. And when I got there, I was shocked and amazed because my God, these are like my brothers and sisters. Yes. Um, and even the most probably we do is we, we all go to Singapore. Um, KL, the first time I went to KL was in uh, maybe 2003, 2004. Um, so, so even we are discovering Southeast Asia, is my I point. See. I see. So, we, you know, we've, we really tried to reach out to um, galleries who we, we feel... Um, you know, we, we, we like the program and, and there's a strength in, in coming together. And that's when we propose projects or they propose projects with us. And sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Yes. But at the end of the day, it happened. I see, I see. You know? So I think that's, that's the way to go because it, we're not like Europe or America. We're in their, their histories in art are far deeper. In contemporary art, it is far deeper. Yeah. Um, but it doesn't mean that we don't have it. I see. In fact, with us, there's a deeper sense of discovery waiting to happen because so much has not been said. I so see. much has not been done. And I think it's exciting. I mean, we, were, we are not like a Western gallery. 
Yeah. And we will never be like a Western gallery. Um, and that's okay. Yeah. So the, the whole idea of collaboration, it's, it's not in how many, how many galleries you collaborate with or how many museums you collaborate with. It's in the quality of the collaboration so that both of your audiences grow. Yeah, I can't agree more, yeah. And so, so I'm actually sensing that uh, every one of us is actually um, very open and very optimistic about collaboration. There is a certain um, precautions, I guess, uh, that we want to exercise in, in collaboration, but I think uh, as Southeast Asian galleries, we are sort of um, always exploring new ways of collaboration and, and, and yeah, and, and working in this line of, of, of uh, working as well. Um, and uh, actually for the last question, um, I would actually ask this one big question, which is uh, your biggest takeaway from COVID-19 pandemic for your gallery. What do you think needs to be changed? What do you think will remain? Uh, maybe we can start with uh, Richard first. <laughs> well, you know, uh, we have very small spaces. Uh, in, in Bangkok, Singapore, they're very small. KL is slightly bigger. Uh, but uh, 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 last year, we were already in the process of uh, scaling down the Kuala Lumpur space uh, to make it really tight and, and small and, and, uh, and refocus on uh, doing more collaboration uh, with the regional part, uh, stakeholders. Um, so I think moving forward, like I said earlier, you know, we, we do need to collaborate, uh, especially within the region. I think that is very, very important. Uh, uh, one of uh, one of the one of the issues I have, uh, in my own personal opinion, is I think Southeast Asia had its had it, had its golden moments ten years ago, right? When the art stage started, and then you had uh, uh, Tan Bun Hui uh, helming uh, the Singapore Art Museum. Uh, they were very into Southeast Asia and promoting that the, the artists. They they actually put. A lot of effort, especially uh, Tan Bun Hui, you know, uh, putting Southeast Asia in, 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 uh, at the front of it. And um, we seem to have lost that along the years. Um, there's no, uh, well, not, I wouldn't say le leadership, I would say maybe someone to, 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 to continue that conversation and to push it. And, um, and we don't have that now. So maybe moving forward, the galleries themselves from the region can now work on this together, you know, uh, and, 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 and push this narrative out. Because for the last 10 years, I mean, you know, yeah, for almost for the last 10 years, the narrative have always been from a Western perspective. Yeah. We need to make that story ours now. Uh, and this is the time. And, uh, and to show what Southeast Asia has to offer uh, instead of everyone trying to, you know, please uh, or, or narrate a, a Western approach. Uh, I'm not saying it's bad, but uh, by doing that, we lose our own self uh, value in that sense. Um, so as a result, we have artists who are in the so-called Western canon, Biennale and, and shows, and then we have uh, another section which is purely local and a few are you know, crossing regionals, uh, regionally. So we need to put this together and recalibrate this so that uh, we can all go as one. We, on its own, we are way too small. But uh, together, you know, the 10 ASEAN countries or what, uh, yeah, we can make something, you know, uh, out of it. And what a better time than now. Well so said. Forward, that is what I'm looking at. I see. And what do you think, um, Isa? Well, um, honestly, do we really want to go back to this, the way things were before? Um, you know, it's reasonable to keep going at certain things, but on the whole, this is a time to rebalance. It's, um, you know, there was a lot of, uh, there was a lot of, you know, things that were going on, which were just so time consuming and energy sucking, but it really wasn't about the art. You know, so now is the time to reach a new civility, a deeper respect, deeper appreciation for the artists and what they do. Um, it will, I, I think it will weed out all the, the people who are speculating. Um, 
and really bring forth the true collectors and um, real audiences. Uh, but at the end of the day, the most important part is to be connected, um, all of us, because that's the way we can keep it going. And, and what do you think, uh, Ursula? Yeah, it's a really interesting time in the world. And I think because of the success that we've had with this new digital level to our gallery, it makes me think, was I holding back before? Was I, was I, was I not giving our artists every, you know, because we've discovered this, these, these extra layers that, are, that were always there, that, but that we've been able to show. So it makes me think, I can't hold back anymore. We've got to, you know, it's possible to provide all of this information for people and talk about the art and respect everybody. And, you know, and I think, I think it's definitely um, to do with the time. And we could never have done this, you know, a year ago because the technology, et cetera, and the attitudes, et cetera, were not there, but now they're there. And now we can embrace them and, work at this other level that we've never worked at before and everybody's discovering this new level and it's really kind of exciting actually and it offers a lot more to the collectors to the artists to the galleries to it it's a very it's been very democratizing and been, been it, i think it's been a really great thing as long as you're not affected by covid directly and you've still got a job then you know i think it's actually done some really great things and i think we can actually really massage these opportunities into something really great. I see. Well, thank you everyone for your answers. Uh, and I'm very heartened and very optimistic as well from uh, listening to you. Um, that um, I think Richard mentioned something that is very important that uh, we are looking for new things. Um, we shouldn't look back uh, of, of, of how things have already been done. Uh, looking at how Southeast Asia um, should operate uh, in a unique way, uh, probably in uh, more collaboration, more, more open um, kind of a partnership. And um, Isa was also saying that this is a very good time to introspect as well, uh, to you're saying rebalancing um, uh, uh, what, what is, uh, you, you thought would work, might not work, and, and, and basically to, to think how to move forward. And Ursula is saying also about, um, uh, not holding back, I guess that's that's uh, a very powerful uh, answer to, to to end this uh, conversation. Um, thank you so much, everyone. Um, and actually, I will open uh, the time now for Q and A session. And we actually have uh, quite a few of questions already. Uh, perhaps I will start with um, this questions from Nadifa Hasnasari. Um, uh, she's asking, is there any specific region in Southeast Asia you're looking forward most in what they have to offer in the future? I think that's a very big question to, to, to answer, but uh, we, we can try to address it. And uh, we can start with, with uh, anyone, uh, Isa, perhaps? Uh, well, I think... From our end, we're still discovering Indonesia. I see. I and see. Malaysia. I they see. are our closest neighbors. So I we are, you know, but but I I feel like if if we open the doors to Burma and Laos and, and Vietnam and yeah. well, we also have Thailand, but if we open those doors, uh, we may not have time for our Philippine artists. I see, I see. Uh, and the second question um, is actually uh, a very apt question to, to the current situation. Uh, what kind of strategy do you employ to engage with millennial collectors in Southeast Asia, whether first-time buyers or second-generation collectors? Any difference in trends compared to the West? How do you uh, respond to, to, to your millennial? All online. Online, I see. All online. These are the people who have been clicking on our site. I see, I see. Um, and there is one question um, 
from um, Dwi Setio Wibowo. Um, I think he's asking uh, collectors can actually meet the artists um, through social media. They can direct message them through Instagram. Uh, and what do you think, uh, what's your position as a gallery for, for this? I think that's totally fine. Um, you know, collectors meet artists at openings or at museums or their own exhibitions or socially, you know, people can meet wherever, but uh, uh, that's not all a gallery does. So that's just one sort of social thing. It's a quick text, etc. But what a gallery does for an artist is significantly more than answer sales inquiries. So I think it's fine and it's good and it's a great, some people, some people really enjoy it. I see. It's fine. And to me, uh, anyway. I see. And to end our session, uh, there is one question from uh, Arithia Lin. Um, she is uh, saying, "Thank you for sharing. Uh, what do you feel makes Southeast Asian art unique and different from Western Canadian art?" We have different histories. Yeah. Totally different. I see. I see. Well, I guess, yeah. Different history, you know, different everything, different languages, you know. I see. I guess uh, his, I think um, uh, Arithia is, is trying to ask as well about like um, uh, the proliferation of uh, Western contemporary, for example, uh, as, as opposed to Southeast Asian contemporary. How, uh, I think, uh, wh who, who should they look for and what, who should they uh, collect, basically? How do you differentiate between the two? Oh, that's such a big question. <laughs> too, too big to answer. Yeah, I see, I see. What should anybody collect? Who knows? <laughs> I see, I see. Well, uh, thank you so much. Um, and uh, I guess today's session uh, is, has been very enjoyable for me. I hope uh, the panelists and audiences at home uh, have been enjoying this session as well. Um, uh, I think we can summarize this today's conversation uh, about a sense of collaboration that we want to do in Southeast Asia. And uh, I think we all look forward to what's going to happen next when, when uh, everything resumes to normal. And with that, uh, I would like to thank everyone and see you soon, uh, see you tomorrow. Um, and I'd like to invite all of you to join the rest of the Pivot Conference. Do visit artandmarket.net slash pivot for more information and to catch the recordings of our conferences. Well, cheers again, everyone. And cheers. cheers and see you tomorrow. Bye-bye. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Bye, Richard. Bye, Ursula. Bye, bye everyone. Bye. Bye. Bye.